Psalm 33, verse 17. It's a short one. Psalm 33, verse 17. If you could all please stand to honor the reading of his word. It would be appreciated. I'll be glad when this cold is completely gone. Psalm 33, verse 17. And it says in Psalm 33, verse 17, A horse is a vain hope for safety. It will not deliver by its great strength. God bless and honor the reading of his word. and You may be seated. Now, that might be a weird opening to it, talking about horses and all. But I don't know if you know this, but a horse is a horse. A horse, a horse. That's right. Especially the famous Mr. Ed. It's true. I love horses. I really do. I love horses very much so. In fact, I love horses. Did you know my name means lover of horses? That's what Philip means. It means uh, lover of horses. That's what uh, the name Philip means. Now, I don't think my mom and dad meant to call me that. Uh, but I do love horses. I really do. There's a lot of horses that I'm a big fan of. I love uh, silver. I, I, you know, from Lone Ranger. That's not what this horse is, actually. It's from Indiana Jones, from the first movie. Yeah, but I happen to love uh, silver. I love, uh, wasn't it, Trigger? I like Trigger. I do. I'm sure there's others I can name for you right now. I won't, won't go all into that. I do love lots of horses. A lot of horses I like. And, uh, but we're not here to talk about a bunch of horses. I will here to tell you this, though. I'm here to tell you about the ancient Jewish people. And to them throughout the Bible, they have lots of different horses that are mentioned throughout the Bible. We'll talk about a few of them today. Are we really going to talk about horses today? Oh, a few of them. Uh, but in reality, in the old uh, ancient Jewish, throughout the Hebrews and such, they uh, when they talk about horses and the symbolism, the word horses and such, they are usually talking about uh, great strength. They talk about great strength. Because when they talk about horses, that's usually throughout the Bible, oftentimes, when they talk about horses, they talk about great strength when they talk about a horse. You remember every time they talk about horsepower throughout the old uh, cars, so and so horsepower. Now, I think it's been long enough since we've used horses that they don't need to talk about how many horsepower they have anymore. But that's what they used to do all the time when you see a new uh, car commercial. Oh, it's got so-and-so horsepower. I don't really think it matters anymore how much horsepower it has. But either way, of course, that's come from a man who hasn't been able to drive in five years. But hopefully that will change soon. Either way, the uh, title of today's sermon is Horse of a Different Color. A Horse of a Different Color. Now, you've probably heard that saying many, many times. Or maybe you've only heard it from the movie Wizard of Oz. I don't know. But the truth is, that's an old saying, horse of a different color. You may say, I don't even know what that means, horse of a different color. Well, let me tell you what that saying means. Horse of a different color means something different than what you expected. That's what the saying, horse of a different color, means. The old story goes like this. The old story means says that uh, to that statement that there was a man who, was, who looked into a paper or something and he saw that a man was going to sell him a horse. And he said, I'm going to sell you a white horse. And whenever the white horse was brought there, it wasn't a white horse at all, but it was a brown horse or a black horse or whatever one that was uh, supposed to mean, supposed to be less uh, worthy or, or, or less value than the white horse. And when he got there, the guy said, oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Uh, it's a horse of a different color than what you were expecting, but I'll still sell it to you because, you know, back then it was a lot harder to bring a horse over than it was, is now. And so he would go ahead and buy it, and maybe it was a, either a little different cost or whatever, but still it was a horse of a different color. Something different than what you expected, something of lesser value. Either way, it's a horse of a different color. But we're going to talk about a different type of horse right now. And so I'm going to take away this little horse and put out a different one. We're going to talk about a Trojan horse. This is a Trojan horse that my father bought once upon a time near Troy from, the, from Greece and all that. And so uh, a Trojan horse has another meaning, very close to a horse of a different color, which is why I've called it today a horse of a different color. It's one of the reasons why we call the sermon that. We'll get more into that here in a moment. But a Trojan horse is usually something to, defe uh, uh, to defeat and subvert, bringing the enemy within your home in disguise, in other words, being deceived. Very similar to a horse of a different color. When you expect something different, the enemy comes within your home. So let's talk just a little bit about the Trojan horse and the story behind it, the, the history behind the Trojan horse. For about a decade or so, the people of Troy were the greatest warriors around. The people of Troy were the toughest kingdom. They're in, uh, impenetrable. People could not come into Troy. They could not defeat them, and they were just beating up everybody. <laughs> people were wondering, was anyone ever going to be able to defeat the, the Trojans, to defeat the people of Troy? Well, there are other kingdoms at the same time. They're very uh, difficult to defeat people of, of Greece and uh, the Greeks and all. And so the people, the Greeks, they decided they were going to build the Trojan horse, and they did. They, they built this great big horse, and it was a lot bigger than the, the horse you're seeing here. <laughs> it was a big wooden horse. It was hollow, and uh, they decided to build it and drop it off at Troy. And so they took it to the people of Troy, and they dropped it off outside they, they believed it was done in the middle of the night, dropped off outside of Troy, and it was given to them and given as a gift to the people of Troy. And they said they was going to be given as a gift uh, to the goddess of Athena. And, of course, Athena is a false goddess. We know that. But they, of course, the people of Troy, they, they worshipped her. So we're going to give it as a gift. And here's what they did not know. Inside this hollow wooden horse, inside of that, it was uh, filled up. It was filled up, and they didn't know it. It was filled up with warriors of Greece. These Greek warriors were in there, all armed and, and ready to, to be dropped off within the kingdom. So they brought the, the horse the, the, uh, given by Greek, the Greeks to the, the Trojans, and, and the people of Troy brought it within the kingdom, and as they brought it within the kingdom, and they brought it in, Late at night, when this horse, this Trojan horse, was brought within the kingdom, the people all went to bed, and all of a sudden, the, this Trojan horse was opened up, and the Greek warriors all came out and started to attack. They started to attack the people within. Can you imagine that? Bringing your enemy within your kingdom, within your home? That's what happened. And I, maybe you've heard of some of the people, some of those warriors. One of those warriors was Achilles. Maybe you've heard of him. Achilles' heel. Yeah, that was around that time, the, 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 the war with Troy and the Greeks and all that stuff. 
So these armed Greek warriors came and they took over and destroyed Troy from within. And folks, I'm bringing this up today with the Trojan horse and all that stuff, not because I just so badly wanted to bring this in and tell you all this stuff, but to tell you that, that even today, the devil is playing the same game. He's playing the same game, trying to bring in warriors, the devil's warriors through demons and other things and bring it into the church and bring it into the school and bring it to your home and bring it to your hearts. He's trying to bring in warriors and bring in the enemy into your home and you think it's all harmless and there's nothing wrong with it, but he's trying to fool you and think that you make you think that nothing is so bad, but he's bringing it into your home and you're welcoming it in and allowing it into your very home. And you're being attacked from within. And it's all in disguise. Now we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that. Today there are sneak attacks from within. It's within the church of the body of Christ. Many people have brought Trojan horses within. And it's even being brought in within the name of Christ. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Within the schools, the homes, the churches, the hearts, sneak attacks, and being done within the name of love, false name of love at that, through TV, through music, through brainwashing, and our poor youth, our poor youth, don't even know any better, and it's being done to them in their schools. They're being taught to love everybody, and we should show love, agape, God's love to everybody. That's true. But they don't even recognize that the enemy is being led in to their heads, to their minds, to their hearts. They don't realize that they are allowing Satan to be brought into them this very day. Sadly, mommies and daddies are allowing it. Sadly, moms and dads and churches all over are teaching satanic tricks and satanic love. And what, what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying that moms and dads all over America and all over the world are in agreement with satanic beliefs? Yes, I sure am. I see it all the time. I watch it all week long, all the time. I see that people are believing, even pastors are teaching things that are of the devil, and they're, they're believing it because there's Trojan horses coming into the home, Trojan horses coming into churches, through homosexual beliefs, through beliefs of it's okay for a man to believe he's a woman, and okay for a woman to believe she's a man, and things that go completely against what God says in his word. And no, this is not a hateful attack. This is not an attempt to, to hate people. Of course not. We're to love people, but you're not to love satanic attacks. You're not to love the devil, and you're not to say that God is wrong and the devil is right. We're not to believe that the Trojan horse, by the way, it wasn't the horse of the Trojans, it was the Greek's horse. That's the truth. The Greeks built it. <laughs> All those years, many people say, oh, the Trojans built that. No, they did not. They were given it and saying it was theirs, but really it was the Greeks. The fact is we need to know the right is wrong and the wrong is right. Is that correct? No, 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 no. The right is right and the wrong is wrong. Amen. And we need to be able to call it out. Don't let people believe what they're doing is correct when it is not. Wait, wait, because you say it's wrong, Pastor? No, 
Because God tells us what is right. God tells us what is wrong. Not your pastor. Because I see way too many pastors telling us things that are correct when they're not correct. Why? Because the Lord's word tells us what's right and wrong. And so you know what they often do? Different pastors will go to the Old Testament. They'll go to the to Leviticus. And they'll go into things and say, that's the Old Testament. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. But there are certain things that don't ever change. And yes, 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 there are certain things in the Old Testament were for the people then of the Israelites. We know it's okay to eat pork. We understand all that. But guess what? There's some things that never change, and they never even, sometimes, they never even go to the New Testament that still tells us these things are wrong. We'll get into all that. We'll get into all that. Come with me now to 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Now, we're going to go back to this here in a little bit. Because here in a little while, we're going to read 1 John 4, 1 through 5. But for now, we're just going to read 1 through 3. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Because it says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. Now, let's not take this out of context. Remember, these are more than words, more than words. And I say this because there are false religions that will tell you that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven, but they will add a lot to the recipe, if you know what I'm saying. They will add a lot to the recipe <laughs> to salvation. They'll say that Jesus is the way to heaven, but you also have to, you know, do all these other things. No, 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 folks. Okay, I'll just go ahead and say them straight out. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, so many other things, even a lot of Catholicism and other things will go on to it and say, yes, Jesus is the way to heaven, but you also have to listen to the Pope. No, 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 no. Don't listen to those Trojan horses, folks. Jesus is the way, the truth. He is the only way. He is the only salvation. Listen, I've got nothing against the Pope. I happen to love him, hope that he is as Jesus Christ and is his heart as personal Lord and Savior. But I'll tell you this. He is not the way. Jesus is the way. And if the Pope tells you that there is another way besides the Lord Jesus Christ, then the Pope needs to find the hope, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, I don't say that as a sinful attack to him. I say that as a way to tell you, because listen, I don't care if people say, well, your pastor is hateful. No, your pastor is not hateful. Your pastor is loving, loving enough to tell you the truth. I happen to love those people, but I love them enough to tell them the truth. I'm not going to send them to hell on a Valentine's Day card. Anybody can say they love you, but by your actions, you are known. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. 
Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7 says this. Know this in the last days, and you know we're in the last days. People say, oh, I've been hearing that my whole life. Oh, congratulations, you're younger than 2,000 years. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> now, I've met a few people that look like they may be that, but I'm not going to say who. <laughs> I'm not going to say who. Nobody here, praise the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Know this, in the last days perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves. Yes, I think we know that. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Oh, we see it. Truce breakers, slanderers, unrestrained, Fierce despisers of those who are good. That's right. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Turn away from such people. Those of this nature creep into houses and captivate silly women who are burdened with sins and led away with various desires. Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh, it's scary, isn't it? It's scary when you read something so true. Oh, I realize we read these a lot. You're welcome. Because this is truthful. It's necessary to read the truth. Even if it's something we read a lot. We read it a lot because we know that we can use it a lot. Especially when we turn on the news and we see that it's so abundantly clear. Second Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 7. And it says this. And Christians, you can take this to the bank and cash it in. This is why you know you don't have to be afraid. Because listen what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Hallelujah. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So when the people of the world try to come upon you and control you and try to get you to do things, listen to me, do what I say. No, 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 no. Do what God says. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you see on television. Don't be afraid of the people in the streets. Oh, but didn't you hear, Pastor? They're worried there's going to be people in rioting. There's going to be people doing this because so-and-so made them upset. I understand. But you don't have to be afraid. Why are you not afraid? Because I know who lives within me. Greater is he who is within me than he who is of the world. We'll talk about that here again in a minute. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Why are you not afraid? Because I know he who is in control. Because you're so mighty? No, because he is so mighty. He is so mighty. Now I'm going to talk about a couple other horses that are in the Bible. And this is why this sermon is truly called Horse of a Different Color. We are in the last days, and we know that. We are in the last days, so let's now go to the book of Revelation. Chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. Now we're going to read through, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what it really means. Now I realize we're not to this point in earth just yet in the future you need not be afraid you need not be afraid even 
if you do get afraid when you talk about the book of Revelation, you have no reason to be afraid. Because if you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your in your heart, you have no reason to be afraid. First of all, you're going to go to heaven. You don't need to be afraid. Second of all, if you are afraid because you question whether you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, yeah, be afraid. Be very afraid. But guess what? You have time. You don't know how long, right? Okay, well, this could be your moment. Call unto him right now. Lord Christ, save me. Save me of my sins. He'll do it. Maybe you're home right now by yourself. Yeah, but I'm not there with you, Pastor. I can't come down that aisle. Yes, but you can call me at 816-591-9303. And you know what else? You don't have to call me to do it. Call unto Jesus Christ. I'm not the one that saves you. Jesus Christ is. It's by faith in his grace that we are saved. It's not a formula. Jesus wants to save you. But let's talk about what these horses are. There are four horsemen. We talk about it all the time. You know, people use the, the phrase four horsemen all the time. You know, I've seen the four horsemen, the phrase four horsemen used so many times. I've seen it used in wrestling. I've seen it used in movies. I've seen it used in comic books. I've seen it used, I've seen it used in, in restaurants and so many things. And I understand it sounds so cool to people who don't know what the four horsemen truly are. But let me explain you what the four horsemen are. It talks about death. It talks about things that are going to be. And let's talk about it in Revelation 6, 1 through 8. I saw then the Lamb open one of the seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and there before me was a white horse. He who sat on it, I want you to listen to this. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went forth conquering that he might overcome. When he opened the second seal, okay, I want to explain this. Well, now we'll get to that in a minute. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come and see. Then another horse that was red went forth. Power was given to him who sat on it to take peace from the earth, causing people to kill one another. When a great sword was given to him, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there was a black horse, and he sat on it, who said on it, had a pair of scales on his hand. Then I heard the voice in the midst of the fourth living creature, creature saying, A quart of wheat for the day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not harm the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. Now some say Hades. But hell followed with him, and the power was given unto him, given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword and with hunger, and with death, 
and with the beasts of the earth. Now let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. The first horse, the white horse there, many people will say this is Jesus. This is not Jesus. This is the Antichrist. He is the mimicking power of Jesus. He mimics the power. This is the false power. This is the Antichrist. The second horse, the red horse, is war. War and bloodshed. The third horse, the black horse, is famine. This is famine. Okay, so I'm going to say it again. The first white horse is the Antichrist, mimicking power, false power, that is. The second horse, red horse, is war and bloodshed. The third horse is the black horse. This is famine. The fourth horse is the pale horse. The pale horse is death. And behold, hell cometh with him. Now, why did I want to do the King James part in that last part? The last part of King James. Why? Yes, I could have said Hades, which means uh, which means death, which means um, going to the place of death, the grave. But I wanted to make sure I said hell in that one because we're talking about these things are death and, and hell because um, this hell is a very clear point. They're bringing hell to those who do not know the Lord. That's why I wanted to make sure I said the word hell in that part. But I also want to read to you this very important part, very wonderful part, in Revelations chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. This is a beautiful part, a very beautiful part when we see another horse. Ah, this horse here. This horse here is a true, the true white horse. The true white horse. This is Revelations 19, 11 through 16. Listen to what it says. I saw heaven opened. And there was a white horse. He who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written that no one knows but he himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. The armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Out of his mouth, verse 15, out of his mouth proceeds a sharp sword with which he may strike the nations. He shall rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of wrath of God the Almighty on his robe, listen to this now, on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Jesus the true white horse is coming. He will reign forever and over. Amen. Hallelujah. We are to be obedient because we we, the soldiers of Christ, will be on the horses behind him. Hallelujah. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be, not because I'm worthy, but because he is worthy and he lives within my heart. Hallelujah. I'm going to be behind him. I'm going to be on one of those horses and I'm the lover horses. I'm going to be on one of those horses and that horse can contain me. <laughs> I would have been on one horse my whole life and that horse looked back at me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I tell you, I love those horses. 
That horse looked back at me. I swear he could have talked like quick draw McGraw. He would have kicked me off had he could he have been able to do so. We are to be obedient and recognize and know Jesus personally. Know the word, the truth, Jesus, because he is the word. He's the living word. I'm going to go through again 1 John 4, 1 through 5. 1 through 5. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, and therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. They want to bring their Trojan horses into your life and into the church and destroy us. Not because we are so great, but because he is so great who lives within you. He wants to destroy you every day. Satan wants to destroy the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus that soars within your heart. He wants to shut you up and shut your mouth. But don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. One of the lies. Who's the great deceiver? Satan, he's the great deceiver. One of the great deceptions that Satan brings in all the time is saying, we're to be loving, so kind, so loving that we're just be quiet and let people speak up all the time. No, no, we're not. We're to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth of the Lord God. And by we, I mean we're to let the Holy Spirit speak through us. Not you. Not you, because you're going to allow your emotions to get the better of you. But let the Holy Spirit do the speaking. We're to be still and let the Holy Spirit do the speaking through us, as we said last week. Now, I won't go into all of it now. We don't have time. But James 3.3 does speak about horse being controlled by little bits in the mouth by its master. And the point is that we should let God, the Holy Spirit, control what we say and what we do and where we go. Amen? Amen. I will tell you this, though, Psalm 32, verse 9. Psalm 32, verse 9. It says this, Do not be as the horse or as the mule. I don't want to be a mule. Do not be as a horse or as the mule that, that are without understanding, that must be restrained with bit and bridle, or they will not come near you. Psalm 20, verse 7. Listen to this. This is important. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now this is talking about how some are, are uh, trusting in war, in the power of war. They're trusting in their, in their chariots and in their horses. And that's the way this world is. Oh, they're trusting in their horsepower, their car. They're trusting in the power of, of the might of their, their money, the might of the, the business power. 
the might of the country and all oh, look what we can do with our government but here's the thing the government will fall but God will reign forever I put up something on Facebook not that long ago it says no matter who is president Jesus is king folks it doesn't look I will always love our president no matter who it is who, who is president I will love them does that mean I like everything the presidents say no does that mean I always like them as a person no does that mean I love them agape you bet does that mean I pray for them every day you bet but here's the point no matter who it is who's in the office the Oval Office Jesus Christ my King the King of Kings is in my heart and that's the point you can try to bring in a Trojan horse all you want but I'm going to tell you something when you are a soldier for the Lord God you must have the armor which is the Word of God protecting you put on the helmet of salvation Bring out the sword of God. Keep yourself protected every day. Make sure that no one comes in near you because you're going to bring it out when Satan tries to come at you. Do what Jesus Christ did and have some more boom, 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 protecting yourself from the enemy. When the Trojan horses come at you, say, you're not getting in here. No, 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 no. You're not coming in. You're not coming in today, nor tomorrow, nor the next day. Make sure that every single day, oh, I studied a little on Sunday. No, that's not enough. Make sure it's every day, you're praying every day, talking every day. And you know, the difference between these religions and you, you're not in a religion, you're in a relationship with Jesus. And that's a sermon coming up sometime soon. A difference between a religion and a relationship with Christ. There's a difference, a true difference. Psalm 147, verse 10. Psalm 147, verse 10. He delights not in strength in the strength of the horse, nor does he take pleasure in the legs of a man. Again, he's not taken in the light of the strength that we have, but we're to take the light in the strength of God through us. You know, when I lost weight, you probably can't tell from looking. But when I lost a lot of weight, I was running every day, running every day, putting strength in myself. And, you know, it's not to say God didn't give me strength when I did it. But I was putting so much strength in my legs. The fact of the matter is, is, boy, did I feel like a horse. <laughs> the fact is, is, I could not do much because if it isn't for God helping you and leading you throughout the day, the strength in your own legs isn't going to get you anywhere. God is the one that leads you and guides you. Yes, there was a white horse. He who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in the righteousness, he judges and wages war. He has a name written that no one knows but he himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the word of God on his robe and on his thigh. He has a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. And anytime you feel that Satan, and by the way, you know, you can usually see it. When you believe Satan is trying to sneak in a Trojan horse, or you feel that there's a horse of a different color being brought to you, 
Don't you worry about those horses of a different color. You call upon the white horse who's within you to protect you from any one of those sneaky things being brought in. I know, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of churches and a lot of ministers, a lot of things on there. A lot of people out there, they try to make you feel bad that you're unloving, unkind. You're old school. Folks, you can't get any older school than God. God tells us how to believe. God tells us how to think. If they say you're old school, say you take it up with the oldest school you can go to. The school of God. They can have their Trojan horse. I'll stick with the white horse of Jesus. And I'll close by reading John 16, 33. Because it says in John 16, 33, before we go to the Lord in prayer, John 16, 33 says, and this is Jesus speaking now, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, we know this world. This world brings all sorts of tricks. Satan's always trying to trick us, Lord. He's always trying to bring in Trojan horses pretending to be of you. So many ministers try to teach things. They say it's of you. They try to teach us things that are wrong. And doing it in your name is even trickier. But Lord, I pray that you will protect us from the Trojan horses being brought to us. Lord, I pray that when there's a horse of different color being brought unto us, Lord, that you, Lord God, you, Lord Jesus Christ, the white horse, will protect us from anything by bringing the Holy Spirit to us and showing us what is right, what is wrong. And Lord God, that we will not doubt you and your word. I pray, Lord God, you'll open our eyes that we will see it clear as a bell that we will know right from wrong without even a second question. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that this day you will strengthen us and give us great wisdom. I pray, Lord, that we will never go back to the way we once were, that every day forward will be better than the day before. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.